What's up, my little mistakers, and welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast. I'm your host, Donovan McNeil. Uh, On this podcast, we encourage people to find humor in their mistakes. But first, I want everyone in your cars, if you're driving, take both hands off the steering wheel and give a round of applause for my co-host, Andrew Gleason. He made Wildin' Out. Uh, You know the show on MTV2 with Nick Cannon? Uh, What they do is they have a developmental league, just like in baseball or basketball, uh, and they have different sites in different states, and Andrew is on Wildin' Out now. So give a round of applause for him and then quickly grab the steering wheel again. You know what? Let go of the steering wheel one more time because I want y'all to give a round of applause for yourself, little mistakers. We're doing really well in the numbers. Our listenership is going up. So little mistakers, give yourself a round of applause and then grab the steering wheel again. If you haven't crashed yet, one thing that I'd like you to do is subscribe to the podcast. Our numbers of listeners don't reflect the number of subscribers. So we're trying to get our subscribership up. So please subscribe. Um, And we won't tell you to let go of the steering wheel any longer. Little mistakers, I invite you to participate in our contest. Andrew and I are competing to see who can get to a thousand Instagram followers first. So I'm about to cheat. Y'all follow me on Instagram at IKeepItMickReal. It is I-K-E-E-P-I-T-M-C-R-E-A-L. Follow me at IKeepItMickReal. Help me beat Andrew. Okay, I lied. Take your hands off the steering wheel one more time because this episode features the spectacular Brandy Brown. She's a general manager over at Good Nights Comedy Club. She's an actress, comedian, writer, and maybe rapper after this episode. Her and Andrew are supposed to be doing a song together. So we'll see. But she's a spectacular human being. Uh, She tells the truth. And often when people tell the truth, you think they're mean. But no, honestly, they're the people who are the most honest and want the best for you. Uh, She's really honest with comedians. She'll tell you the truth. She'll tell you whether you suck and you need to work on your material. And uh, this episode's a good one because she talks about some of the mistakes she's made in the past and how she learned from them and uh, how she's such a hustler. Because she hustles. Check out her IMDb if you think it's a joke. She's even directed her own films. I forgot that part. Damn, Brandy, stop hustling so much. Anyways, little mistakers, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my little mistakers, and welcome to the Humor in Mistakes podcast where we encourage everyone to find humor in their mistakes. I'm here with actress comedian and all around great person brandy brown what's up what's going on how you doing i'm doing pretty good uh welcome to the show thank you for having me we were trying to figure out like because you know the premise of the show is people that have made mistakes in the past oh boy and uh andrew suggested you andrew must know some things about me i follow you online and uh That would do it. That would be enough. <laughs> it's true. I make my fair amount of mistakes, but I laugh about them. Well, well you're, you're here now. Yeah. Um, 
Welcome to the show officially. And let's just talk about who you are. Like, okay. Um, how did you get started here? Because you're from Ohio, right? Yeah, I am. I actually, I've, so this is, how do I make this not convoluted? I'm more or less from North Carolina, from Raleigh. My parents just, they split. And so my dad stayed in Ohio. My mom moved here. I moved here when I was really young because of my granddad. He worked for IBM. So the Research Triangle Park, like in the late 80s and all of that was booming, so we came here. Fellow IBM, okay, yeah. tell, your, tell your granddad to say what's up. I will, yeah. I will. And that I quit. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay, so you resonate with North Carolina more. Yeah, 100%. I spent a fair amount of time in North Carolina, Ohio, and Georgia growing up, but then when I could decide, I decided to stay in North Carolina. You have a special place in your heart for LeBron James? Like, is there any connection there? Um, not LeBron James, but, like, Dave Chappelle. Like, because okay. I'm from Dayton, and he lives, like, uh, like 30 minutes from there. So, like, that's their big thing. They're like, I saw Dave Chappelle skateboarding in the mall. Or uh, <laughs> my granddad lives close to the Dayton Funny Bone. And so they tend to see him a lot when he's in town there. And so I think that's really cool. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Fuck well, LeBron. Yeah, yeah, so did they see him at the Planet Fitness all the time when he went through his oh, transition hilarious. to swole? I could. I bet if I asked, they'd be like, well, I didn't, but, like, my best friend's brother's <laughs> sister's cousin yeah. said that she used the, like, the treadmill beside him. Yeah, you know, shit like that. Do you have that celebrity that you would do something that weird about? I want to say no, but it is 100% Brad Pitt. Like, okay. I've already planned, um, like, for a while that when... When I come across Brad Pitt and meet him in a very not creepy way, I'm going to pretend that I don't know who he is. Like, hardcore. You know, like, and just be like, you look, like, really familiar. And just be like, have you ever seen, that's not you, Legends of the Fall. Like, something, like, where he's going to be like, is she fucking with me? But hopefully he'll be like, oh, she's the one. Uh, Yeah. That's a nice meet cute. I know. I hope he never hears this. Otherwise, the plan is fucked up. Can I say fucked up? I'm sorry. You can. You can. All right, all right. Uh, mine is J-Lo. I'm shooting my shot no matter yeah. what. And I plan to do it, like, very shyly. Like, I'm so nervous to talk to you, but I'm I'm getting over that fear because in, in life you got to get over fear right. and give, them, like, give her, like, a little pep talk that she might respect, and then maybe we'll get a first date out of it. Do you speak Spanish? I do not. I feel like you should probably start taking lessons because that's going to, like, like, Spanish shocks people for whatever reason like when you throw it out there like and she would love that what if i said like i learned this for you and then start speaking spanish do you think that so when you do stuff like that there it's like a 50 50 chance of people being like oh my god for me or oh my god call the police you know so and you're gonna have to work twice as hard because not only are you learning spanish but you have a lisp (laughs) very very true very true it's gonna it's gonna hurt it's gonna it might add something to it hey the lisp is helping the past. <laughs> yeah. It's a bargaining piece. It's like, girl, you ain't never. Well, it's like, I like, I'm like, I had to work really hard to get confident enough to talk to you because of this, and some found it endearing. Okay. Yeah. It's a flaw. You own it. Yeah. You it, have to lean into your flaws. Isn't that what they tell you? Exactly. Or who are they? You know, people, them. 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 The day uh, Forrest Whitaker accepted. (laughs) Oh my God, but right though, because like people, they're like, oh, it's Forrest Whitaker. Like, and sometimes when you see people with the lazy eye, you're like, is that Forrest Whitaker? (laughs) Like, yeah. So, what turned you into a hustler? Oh, that's uh, just, it's in my DNA. That's my, uh, 
uh, that's my grandma. I come from like a long line of just like hustlers. And that's like street hustlers, corporate hustlers, <laughs> um, stay at home moms who are just like selling ICs out of their house and stuff. Like I just come from a family of like you, you know, you figure out what you can do and be smart about it. And if it's illegal, don't get caught. You know, <laughs> I, like I have a that. lot of examples, good and bad. <laughs> is it, is it like, does that come down like through DNA? Cause, uh, my dad was a drug dealer, but I don't find like I have that ability to, I don't, I don't look like I could sell you drugs. Right. Which would make you the best drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, um, same. My dad, was that wasn't maybe still is I don't really talk to him that much um he did make the news not that long ago like three years ago and I was like he owes us child support Um, (laughs) but yeah I think it's just one of those things like you have certain things that are passed down it's just a matter of how you use them like you might be an amazing salesperson of anything like I had this job once when I was like 19 it was like my first summer back from college and I sold like, like, is it lithograph? The copies of art, lithogram mm-hmm. prints yeah. of famous paintings. And I was like, I don't know if I could do this. But then I was like naturally good at it. And my grandmother joked, she was like, well, everyone in the family sells something, <laughs> you know? And then I was like, fuck this and just start selling weed. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to find a market. Hey, the weed market was booming. In college? Like, yeah, it was booming. You're hardly gifted. You just walk in like, I have something that you want. <laughs> exactly. You know? uh, it's mids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No one Who cares. No one cares. They're just trying to just get Just give out. it a cool name. That's like when cool names were starting out. And I like used to love making I'm like, that'd be a cool band name. It's also a cool strand name. Like you call it whatever. And people are like impressed. So. I think there's a market for mids because people like me don't like being off the planet high. Right. No, you're right. You're 100% right. It's just... Uh, and I, I get there. Like, sometimes I don't know my limits. I'm just like, oh, it's, it's all the same. It's not all the same. No, it it's is not. 100% not all the same. You come across the wrong street. You, you're on a different planet. You're like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? I can't do edibles. Like, I can't. Um, and I've tried. I don't really understand. I'm just like, ooh, candy. And sometimes, like, that <laughs> can get you in a lot of trouble. Like, I've done that with even CBD gummies. And they're like a thousand milligrams. And then I got to the point where I'm just watching something and eating them. Oh and you're not God. supposed to do that. That was the best night ever, though. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, TV's never been so lit. Remember, I bought those edibles. I do. <laughs> I did not touch those. I was high for like two days. Oh, I got can't say that. We're taking that out. Oh, we got to edit that part out. Hilarious. Um, so one thing that you say, you, you're the, currently the journal manager at mm-hmm. uh, Good Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you roll into that? And the, part of the reason I want to talk about that is because that wasn't in your plans when you first started there, right? No, not at all. Okay. Um, I started as a, a cocktail server, a cocktail waitress in the comedy club. I moved back to Raleigh. I went to East Carolina, uh, for a couple of years. I got expelled and I moved back and I had a really terrible job at this like modern Mexican restaurant is when they were like starting those. And I was a hostess, and I was so miserable. And I had a buddy, uh, one of my buddy's brothers worked in the grill, which was above the comedy club. It's Elements now. Um, And so I, super frustrated, one day went down, put an application in, and it's still the same building, which is really weird, but I remember going there and being like, where the fuck did I just come to? Um, And I started a server, and I was a server there for 
like eight years in the showroom, but I also did other stuff. Like I worked in the box office. I bartended downstairs sometimes. Um, I would host uh, just when I first started, I was like the new girl for like three and a half years. There was like no <laughs> turnover. And so you would get shifts sometimes. Obviously, you wanted to work in the showroom. That's where all the money was. Um, but I would pick up whatever shifts. Um, and I remember just like watching open mic and being like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. And so when I wasn't working, I would just always be up there. And I would ask the owner's wife, like, hey, do you need help with anything? Because she had, like, her own event planning. But they would also use the venue. And so for a long time, it was just that with whatever else I had going on. Because the shifts tend to be a little bit shorter. So you can do other stuff. I like what you said. Because I was reading your uh, IMDb and it says... You went for to ECU for a year and then decided to get your hands dirty, hands on, which is probably true. But I like how you phrased it because then you said you got expelled. So I'm like, yeah, just leave, you know, sometimes you got to leave parts out. Of you have to. You have to. I mean, there's a very interesting story there. And I I finally got to the point a couple years ago where I could talk about it. I did it at a horrible people show. Um I forget what the theme of the show was, but I was like, I'm going to tell this story. Like, it's time. Because it was really embarrassing, like, when it happened. But, like, it's a different time now where you can be open to talk about weed where people don't, like, freeze up or whatever. Uh, because it's, like, almost legal everywhere. But, like, 13, 14 years ago, that wasn't the case. And I was, like, a 20-year-old girl with a bunch of plants. You know, like, in, in retrospect, stupid would I change anything now? No. It really sucked then. Wait, were you growing on campus? No, I lived off campus. Okay. But like, you know. I was going to say ballsy. Yeah, no, I would never do that. Uh, well, yeah, I would never do that. Even then, I would never do that. I was smart enough to know not to do that. But I also was like a rowdy college kid. Um, but I'm also just rowdy. I've always been kind of rowdy. And I just a lot of partying. I went there for theater arts. And just, I'm just social anyways. And so I got really distracted very quickly. And yeah, I got booted out. You would be a great drug dealer because you're cool with that. You're cool, but you also hold people accountable. Right. So like, those are the makings of a, like a good drug dealer. Like you can be friends with everybody, but you still got to pay me my money. Right. You absolutely have to hold people accountable. They don't realize that you're doing them a favor. When you, you know, you got to pay up. That goes into other financial lessons down the line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'll, the, the day you get a job at a bank, it's because I made you pay your weed Exactly. On time. It's like your credit's good because remember when I threatened you that one time <laughs> about paying me on time? Yeah, you know, it's all full circle. You went for, you said theater arts. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a pretty hard program to get into? Yeah. I think it's like it's a couple tough. thousand and, people audition yeah. and only... Yeah, and once you once you get there, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, and I guess when, for me, I didn't, it's not that I didn't take it seriously. It, I would say it was more on an ignorance uh, standpoint or point of view because um, school had always been so easy for me, and I'd been acting since I was a kid. So, like, I didn't think that, you know. Like, I always was like, I'm going to go to, you know, East Carolina for theater arts. Sandra Bullock went there. Like, it uh, – it was very much that. And I was like student body president and just like yeah. I got it. I knew I was going and I got in uh, before halfway through my senior year that Ooh, I was going to do that. You were hot shit. Yeah. Well, I was I, I worked hard, you know, like mm-hmm. all throughout school. And so the idea for me was you're going to college. Like I did play really, really hard, but I also I studied really hard. It's just once I got to college, 
it was hard to continue to party as hard as I was, but also study really hard. Because for a while there, I did get really good grades. I just, I never got any sleep, ever. Mm. Um, and then at one point, it was just like 8 a.m. movement classes, and I was just like, I'm not cut out. I'm hungover. Like, it's not that I'm not cut out for this, I'm just hungover. So, yeah. I feel like in college, you have to master the art of, like, kind of still being a little tipsy in class and being able to take notes. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's tough. And I, yeah, it, it's an interesting uh, line to walk, that's for sure. Dude, I got, I was drinking at school. <laughs> but I was I was dead silent in all of my classes, so nobody noticed. I was just, yeah. Silent drunk. It's why I, uh, it's why I probably dropped out. Because <laughs> you're just <laughs> drunk. It's like, I'm done coming to class. Like, I mean, a lot of people do it. I remember I used to, there was a Chick-fil-A between... Like, my apartment, like, a block from my apartment, and then a block from, it's called the Brewster Building, and I had, like, four classes in this building. I would, my friends would park, because I live so close to campus, they would come over in the morning, and one of my best friends would always bring his bong. And so, we would take some bong rips, and then we'd be like, let's go to Chick-fil-A, and never make it to class. Like, so many times a week, like, we would make it to Chick-fil-A, like, wake up for class, shower, go through all those motions, and then end up at Chick-fil-A and be like, man, fuck all that shit. (laughs) Yeah. uh, College is interesting, but then you don't have, like, I 100% love that parents weren't there, but, like, if my mom were there, I would not be rolling back in there like, I didn't make it to class again. It's a very expensive motel. Very expensive. Oh, yeah, I'd have been scared if my mom saw me in college, like, uh, she was so strict on me. Like I started acting up in class my senior year in co- uh, high school, and she's like, "So you don't act up when I am around you?" And I was like, "I don't like where your logic is going." Like, <laughs> she was like, "But you act up when I'm not around." She's like, "So we need to solve that." So she started coming to class with me. Are you kidding? Whoa. Uh, no, my mama came to class with me for like two weeks, and then I had to drink, eat bread and water because of the pay cut she was taking. To yeah. Oh my gosh, my mom's never been that hands-on. She was just like, I remember she had a conversation with me once when I was younger. She's like, look, (laughs) you can do whatever you want to do, but if you get in trouble, you get arrested, that's on you. And I was just like, bet. You know, like, I didn't say that because I wasn't around them, but like, it was like, okay, cool. Like, that's never going to happen until it happens. That's trill? Was that around then? Was that was true? Possibly? It was probably like word. Word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So one of the things that you say you enjoy doing on your job currently is watching people grow. Mm-hmm. Has have you always watched like to uh, see people learn? Like, have you always been like a teacher type? Um, I wouldn't say that I'm so much like a teacher type. Uh, I wish that I could, but like, I just like I don't have the energy for that. Um, But I do like to watch. I like people, I like to watch people develop and figure things out. I, I love when people actually think, I think critical thinking is one of those things that is dying and it's sad. Um, But I like when people figure it out. And when you see them figure out, it's like they have this epiphany and then you see them just like take off. Um, And anytime I see that, like if I can, I don't ever like to uh, offer up advice or like, hey, like come out the woodworks. I'm like, I saw you do this or whatever. But if someone asks me and I encourage people to ask me if they want my advice and that's in anything that's cooking, which you don't ask me, I'm not the best (laughs) cook, but, you know, or stand up comedy. 
um, or acting just because I've been doing those things longer. I at least know that I kind of know what I'm talking about um, in those couple aspects. Which is funny because uh, you have this post where you said, make sure your teachers know what the, he said. Don't take advice from so-called teachers. Surround yourself with people that are killing the game. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've taken? When did you learn that? And then have you, I mean, I guess you're taking that advice yourself. Yeah, I, I've i always been one, like I'm, I said this earlier, you can learn from like good examples and bad examples. And it's important to, because not everyone's the same. We all learn differently. Um, but I think that they're like uh, people who want to offer up advice, people who want to uh, mentor people. And I don't always think that it comes from like a genuine place. Um, but I think that if you watch someone who's doing something that you want to do, um, th- there's no way that they can't offer you up something that's going to be helpful. And that's if and not everyone has the same path. So just because someone did it one way doesn't mean that it's going to work out for you that way. Um, but I've also been in those situations where you have someone who's just like so hard up on offering you advice about something where it's like, you don't even do this, (laughs) you know, like people are like, it's like having like an, like when people come up to like to you guys or, you know, anyone who's performed stand up and they're like, you should tell this joke. And, you know, and it's like, that's a joke that's been done. If there was a way for you to do it and stand out. Right. Unlike from, yeah. And so, but people just like, they, they don't know. And so it just has to be like one of those, oh, thank you. Yeah. I think about, I'll think about that. Would you agree that there are universal truths though? Like universal signs that somebody's figuring it out. Like a big one that yeah. I'm pushing this year is sobriety. Like, oh, like, that is, that's actually 100%. I can say that from a personal thing too, because your girl likes to get boozy. And for a while, <laughs> that was like kind of, I did stand-up comedy to have fun, to let go with my friends. And so we were just drinking and going to do open mics. This shit's fun. However, when you're performing, or at least I found it's like, um, well, it wasn't even that. I had to stop drinking. um, And I had to take, you know, those drug and alcohol classes. And so I'm always one of those people where, like, I think of it as a challenge. So they're like, you can't drink for 30 days. And I'm like, well, I'm not a fucking alcoholic. So, like, done. Uh, But I did learn very quickly. I remember exactly where it was. I was at the Idiot Box 2 when it was under Geeksboro. Yeah. And I was sitting beside Tori, and we're both doing the show. My best friend, Tarika, was there. And I I started feeling like I was having, like, a panic attack and was just like, it would be so much easier to just have a drink and it calm your nerves down. And then I went up there, and it was, like, one of the best sets I'd had to that date. And it was, like, I didn't, like, slur my words. I didn't stumble on anything. I was clear-minded. I was, like, very present. And so I made it a conscious effort since then, and this has been, like, a couple years ago, to do it uh, without being trashed. And I've also, uh, you meet headliners who come through, like Joe Liss. It's not a secret that, like, he... Uh, finally started getting what he thought he deserved in his career and stand-up once he stopped drinking so much. Um, and you hear them talk about it, or they come through, and they or they'll wait until after the first show and they perform because they don't want to be shit-tanked. Um, and then I've had buddies who have recently moved where they're like, I, I stopped drinking for a few days, or I've been thinking about doing stand-up and not you know drinking at all, and they're young. And it's because they value uh, what they're doing what they're doing with their stage time over, you know, getting sloshed. So that's, that is 100% a universal truth. It feels different. Like I stopped drinking eight months ago and it's like, it feels like I've only been doing comedy for eight months. Yeah. Because it's just like a completely new, fresh thing. And you like remember 
things more. I yeah. like for me, I remember things more, um, and I don't slow my words because it only takes you screwing something up. Your four, sorry, your forty and slips are gonna be way worse, and it's like one glass of wine. Um, and now I try to time it, and it's just like a weird, risky game that I play with myself. Um, because people will change lineups or shows don't start on time. And so I've gotten to the point where I just like wait, or I'll start drinking a little bit, like while the person in front of me is on stage. So like <laughs> just through there, like I, it usually kicks in towards the end of my set. So I end really strong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, comedy's a hard game anyway. So putting on extra weights, like of drinking and being, it, it, you're mm-hmm. making it harder on yourself. Yeah. It, it can be done, but. It's like you're just wild, make it harder. Yeah, I don't know how people do it high. Like, I did a show, they used to, or they might still do it, it's like Stone Cold Sober in Wilmington, and I had to be stoned on both of them, and it was like on purpose, and it was the worst. Like, I remember the second time, like, I won my round, but like, I could have cared less about the show happening. I was sitting in front of, I ordered Jimmy John's. And they delivered it to me like while I was on stage. And but it was like I couldn't remember anything that I wanted to say. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was anything that I'd written. Like it was and I'm like, some people do this on purpose. That shit's ridiculous. Yeah. Face out if I'm it's high. crazy. That's the added <clears throat> to me that's so much worse. Cause I've eaten peppers on stage. Mm-hmm. I've uh, been blackout drunk, completely bombing on stage. But that's different from being high and being ultra aware. Right. Of I everything. Mean, the only time I've ever really gotten stage fright is being a little smoky before stage. Right. And it'll do it. Like, yeah. like you start getting anxiety anyways. Oh, it's and now you've got to stand in front of people. No. Mm, like, no. can they tell? Can they tell? They can always tell. You know, like they can. <laughs> I did. Uh, I'll tell you what's fun. Shrooms in doing. Uh, like. No. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm telling you, like, the most fun. And it's just like you, you I mean, I'm, I'm sure it can be very scary, but like shrooms can be very scary standing in the bathroom if you take too many. But like I've had like a couple really, really fun times on stage, just open mic and like showcases where I've just been tripping and it's been a blast. See, I hallucinated on edible marijuana once. So I have not. I've stayed away from shrooms. Hilarious. Ever since then, like I was scared after that. Like, yeah, I'm done. I love shrooms. I don't like acid, but I love shrooms. One thing I'll say, and I, I you had over 13 film credits, right? Mm-hmm. So, how did you get to this point of uh, setting a goal and then making it happen? Like, did you think about big picture, or did you just focus on the day to day? I honestly, um, I just kind of, uh, like, so we were talking about dummies books when I came in. So I got that breaking into acting book and I figured if it's like that informational, if I were to read everything in this book and follow it to a T that something had to happen. Um, and so I did that. Like, it's like, Hey, headshots. I got, I remember there was a guy, he was like a door guy at the club he had a camera and he wanted to practice. And so he took my first headshot is on the uh, fire escape at good nights. Um, in retrospect, terrible picture. Um, but I got signed from it. And I remember them being like this, how you set up a resume. I only had like a few theater credits at the time. And I just did, um, uh, vagina monologues. And so I was like, I'll use that. I got an agent in town. Um, there was a girl cause I had an agent when I was in high school. Um, but 
there was a girl that was with the same agent that she was with for like, like when we were younger. And so I remembered them, looked them up and just followed the steps through this book. And so I never really thought I was like, it would be dope if something happened, but, um, I, I didn't really have any preconceived ideals of like what could happen. Um, and then I remember getting my first gig and being like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, and just going to auditions and just being like, Hey, and I was like booking things it's like every time it ever happened, I'd be like, no way. Like, um, and that's just how it happened. Like I would go, but I would say yes to almost everything. Um, and I stayed open-minded about it because I was like, I knew that I love doing that, you know, like telling a story, getting in a character. Cause I've loved doing that my whole life. And so for me, it was just like, if I can do this and still kind of make a living, I've already made it. Um, and then you get older and like bills and shit and you're like, man, <laughs> fuck. Uh, but yeah, it just kept happening that way. And it's like one thing led to another that led to another. And still, even to this day, I'm like, what? You guys want me to do this? What? I wish those books that like taught you how to do something would say like with the asterisk at the bottom, look, bitch, if you question anything that I've told you to do, ask yourself, are you an expert? No. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> and then do it the way I say, just like that. Yeah, if you, to a certain extent, for a lot of things, you can set up a checklist um, and it will get you, I think that like, it's nice to, it's nice for things to unfold. Like I'm still very much in that uh, where things just, my whole life, they just kind of unfold. And then, cause I never, <laughs> this is bad, this is something I'm working on, but I never actually make a decision about almost like anything as far as I'm concerned, like at the club when there's a very, cause there's, there's things that it's like, yes and no. And things like make sense. But when it's me, I'm almost like, if I make this decision, it's so large and like permanent. And that's not the case. That's just like a weird mental brandy thing. And so that's kind of my acting career where it's like things just kind of happen. And then I just hope for the best. Like I really just release it to the universe and you know, it's taking the leap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's terrifying every single time, any, any and every single time, just like even getting in the car and be like, what's going to happen when I get there? We're going to be doing the podcast. What if I almost kill six people? <laughs> what if I'm like, yeah. You know. But it's like, a, I mean, that's kind of like a humility aspect to it of like recognizing that you're in control of setting everything up, but nothing's going to happen unless it happens. Right. Exactly. Um, I also, I'm like also huge in like, uh, like, Law of Attraction, and I know that some did people... Did you read The Secret? I did read The Secret. I read The Secret when it first came out, what, like, almost 14 years ago? Yeah. Um, and I only learn now, and I actually read a lot of, like, Abraham and Hicks books, and I've read, like, Thinking Grow Rich and Master Key System, and those are all books that they talk about in The Secret, which, if you continue reading those things and studying, you realize very quickly that that was just scratching the surface of it. And for some people, that's enough. I'm not one of those people. Like, I'm like, there's got to be more to this. And so it was interesting to me that books that were written like 50 years or like years ago were saying the exact same concepts. And so if there's so many people who, once they figure this out and they learn this, there's got to be something to it. And so that's kind of one of those things that you were saying, like universal concepts that I really, I nerd out on and I really get into. But there's things from The Secret that I still do today. Like I meditate every morning. I journal. I haven't, I did buy The Magic because they have like a third book and I haven't finished it. Uh, and I bought this back in 2012 
and it's supposed to take 28 days, you guys, to complete. You do an exercise, like, every day. But if you skip a day, you go back three days. And so that's kind of how I've been living my life. Like, It's important to keep re-upping that mentality. Because, like, you know, I've read a lot of those books. And I continue to listen to uh, certain podcasts that are, like, quote-unquote motivating and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because people don't realize that you go to a meeting at a comedy club and you get this pep talk, right? Uh, 80% of the people there are going to be fired up for a week. Right. And then it's going to go right back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to stay on top of it. Keep listening. Subscribe to Humor and Mistakes. Right. But, uh, you know, you got <laughs> nice. you know, read, to <laughs> read, read more and more books and don't just think you're done with the thing because you finished the book, right? Yeah. You're you never to, done. You have to consistently put it into practice. Well, you forget things too. And, and I like to reread things because... Sometimes you can read something a couple times, and even on that third time, you'll see something that stands out to you, or maybe, like, you didn't understand. Like, I'll go back and read, like, I I started reading Think and Grow Rich, and in the first chapter, or I think in the foreword, it says, you know, you should continue trying to read this book because there's going to be things that, like, you know, you figure out once this book is done and you know you don't actually know that you figure it out until you go back and so i like laugh sometimes because i'm like man i thought i fucking knew everything like yeah. 10 years the context ago. has changed yeah, yeah. exactly you, you read the comedy bible as an open like your yes. first year yes. stand-up it's it is what it is but you go back after doing it for five years and it's the context has changed and you might pick up on something new you and know? you're also like the the examples they give you're like hack yeah, like, I know. What? I know. Really? That old joke, you know? And it's so funny because there's like a joke in the first couple pages. I'm like, people still do their that variation of that joke where it's like, oh, they're learning, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you, so you're a little more forgiving. <laughs> um, one thing I'll say, uh, also a good book, The Alchemist. I don't know if you've ever I've read it. I've never read it, but people do. I feel like someone bought it for me too. I've never read it, but that is one that I should read and want to. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it finds. Part of those self-help books, sometimes I feel guilty because I'm like, it is all on me. Like, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, it ultimately, the buck stops with me. And that's very, it's very fun to know and very rewarding to know, but it's also scary to know mm-hmm. that it's all in your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people that complain, I feel like they have to look themselves in the mirror. And that's a scary thing to do, to be like, it, it's my fault. So how do you... How do you deal with those stresses and anxieties, like realizing you have the um, power? I, I I go back to just like the law of attraction type of thing where like attracts like, like I'm like complain. I try not to complain too much, you know, like, and when I find myself complaining, you, I try to stop, like cancel. Um, I'll try to not affect other people with my complaining because you can definitely be in a bad mood. Like I was in a mood yesterday, uh, just tired, you know, from the week, the couple weeks before, just kind of run down. And I, I will separate myself and not want to be around people because I know that it can affect people. And then it just spirals. So, um, I, and I do get anxiety about things, but that's where meditating comes in. That's where I've been journaling since I could write. I will journal. Um, I try not to get in the habit too much of like complaining to people because I don't want to, I don't want to perpetuate whatever it is that, I feel very strongly or negatively um, about because it can be it can be about it, like for me it can become a cycle where I'm just like not letting go of whatever it is. 
One thing I'll say about yesterday's meeting is you're very good about like setting your expectations and your boundaries really well. Thank you. So if you could, because uh, no one can take you cross, like cross it, like you said exactly what you mm -hmm. want. So I wanted to know if you could like give our little mistakers like some advice on how to set boundaries. Um, I think it just comes down to, for me, it's like I've made the mistake of not having boundaries before. Um, and you have to be like realistic about it. And so I think you just have to, it really comes down to being super, super honest with yourself and knowing how much you can absolutely handle. Um, and being able to say no, because you can't do everything. If I tried, and I used to have fear of missing out, but that's how I know that like you will miss out on sleep if you, you know, or, or people will, people can be very draining if you allow them to be, um, and so it just comes from like life experience. I would say you have to be honest with yourself, know what you want, set those boundaries and kind of like, I mean, you can let people in, but you also have to let the right people in. Um, and as long as you tell people what it is that you want, how you expect something, if they do anything other than that, it's almost like you're kind of being disrespectful to what it is that I like my desires or like what I've aired. Um, but with that being said, it's like a give and take type of thing. Um, also with that being said, people just don't fucking listen. Like after that <laughs> meeting, I've been, they're still just, yeah. Yeah. Just should hand out pamphlets. Like, right. It's like, don't do this. Tape this up in your bathroom <laughs> and don't text me on a Monday ever or before noon on a, t yeah. Like know. a flow chart. Like, are you thinking about yeah. texting? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No, that's hilarious. Oh, I want to You know do how that. you get people's attention when you start dropping memes about that's that shit? That's so funny. Are you thinking about texting Brandy to ask her if there's anything that she can put you on? If yes, don't. Like, <laughs> Go back to one. But a lot of the shit boundaries, man, there's it's not only gonna help you professionally, but it's I mean, first and foremost, it's gonna help your mental health. Right. It's it's true because you can people will wear you down. They do not care. And and it happens a lot. Um we see it like more so often with people who are in the media and stuff like that, but it happens on a day to day basis with just normal people um that get really run down because they're trying uh to please everyone, essentially, when it's like, if you, like, what makes you happy now? How can you, without giving too much of yourself uh, or running yourself down, like, what can you offer? What can you do type of thing? You can't do everything. I've tried before, and, like, it doesn't end up well. Yeah, you just end up going to bed at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, having to wake up at 8, stressed mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. No sleep. You're not eating. Like, yeah. you, but I also do that sometimes. Like, my refrigerator died. I went to Philly for a retreat couple weeks ago and wasn't ready like I just graduated my Meisner program and was like okay now I gotta Congrats. get on a plane thank you uh and it was like ugh, you know and then I came back and my fridge was dead and then it was like a crazy week of work I did lose like six or seven pounds congrats thank you but I gained it back because <laughs> as soon as like I ate carbs and shit I was like being reckless I was like I can eat a cupcake because I haven't eaten really like a week and a half <laughs> It, I spiraled out. I'm like, my are thighs a, are a little bloated right now. Are you a last minute packer? Yes, <laughs> very much so. Uh, to the point where it is not uncommon for me to just be like, fuck it all. And just like go with my purse and a book bag and then have to go shopping when I get to a place. Like I will, I'll pack like up like some shoes 
and like some accessories, but like where are your underwear? Like, oh, you only have the jeans that you're wearing. I'm yeah, I'm a bad packer. Or like I don't have makeup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not good. I overpack. You saw me at camp. I brought like four suitcases of clothes, ended up just wearing a uniform. Same work <laughs> uniform oh, every yeah, day. Yes. Overpressure. Like, what's the mentality? Like, I guess just being prepared. Like, I'm going to be awful in the apocalypse. Like, I already know that. I, like, need to entertain people or be, like, like align with people because I'm not that bitch. Like, I'm not going to shoot anybody. Um, that would be hard. That'd be tough. To shoot someone? Yeah. Yeah, but, like, I also feel like. I'm like, this is a potential fan. If hungry enough, I'd be like. Would you eat somebody? Hell yeah. I tell people right now, I'm like, don't get stuck on an island with me because, like, <laughs> I get hungry and I can be real creative. Like, I love MasterChef. I bet I could be. <laughs> like, Brandon, we've only been here two days. I, well, it wouldn't even be two days. Like, I feel bad for, like, after eight hours, we got to, someone don't need all their fingers. How many carbs are in the human body? Mm. Not that many, depending on how much sugar they've been consuming. Not that I know that, for sure. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, what you been Googling? <clears throat> nothing. Uh, trick for the apocalypse, I've been hoarding drugs. Drugs are, do you know within like the first month, all the drugs are going to run out and people oh. are going to... You talking about like, like, like pain pills? Uh, well, not those, but like weed. I'm not going to say what else I have. Hilarious. But like within I'm the like- first month... <laughs> People are going to be willing to sell their family for drugs. Hilarious. I feel like I would take, like, like aspirin. Um, what else is oh, something? Have you seen Trigger Effect? No. No? It's like a 90s movie. Uh, but, yeah, it's a huge blackout. And the movie starts off with the guy trying to get um, uh, amoxicillin or something for okay. his baby. Yeah. And that just starts off this whole... That's what you need. That's the all. type of you shit. You gotta get, like, yeah, the, the pain you gotta kills. Have all of it. Just ready. McNeil sells drugs. That's hilarious. I'm gonna I have hope the that gauze. we never... I hope we never... I hope I don't live to see an apocalypse because I know that, like, I don't want to see me. I don't want to be like, uh, what's the movie... Uh, where Danny McBride has Channing Tatum on, like, a dog leash. Oh, uh, this is the end? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like I could very easily be like, just just promise me protection. I'll wear the mask. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> don't, I'm not, yeah, I'm not cut out for that. Any shit. type of that mask, apocalypse, uh, civil war, yeah, nah. dom- any type of domestic huge conflict, I'm out. Right. I don't want to find out that I'm the killer. I always knew I could be, you know, <laughs> now. Nah, well, that's why you got to go to, where Where'd you go to training? Oh, uh, you're talking about, oh. Winston? Oh, Winston. Oh, if you ever get in trouble, go to Winston, North Carolina. Oh, Winston, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, Wilson. Wilson, North Carolina. Okay, I'm like, Winston, Salem? No, no, no. Wilson. What's Uh, a Wilson? I took my, so for for scouts, I was a rifle director. I'd never shot a gun before. So uh, I went there to training. (laughs) (laughs) I went there for training, and all those guys that showed up, they were prepared for war. Oh, shit. Yeah. But whose side are they fighting on? You know, you might have to talk to them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they... I might be cool because I could be like, hey, I took this training course with you. Right. Remember me? Yeah. Yeah. But you... Yeah, I'm going to have to fucking be like... I'll vouch for both of you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't... I got a... uh, My Uncle Doug, he lives in Kinston, North Carolina. And he is an avid hunter. Like, he has his, like, man cave with all the bucks and shit. He has his, like, truck where he's like, hey, Bo, what's up? And you're like, oh, my God. I'm like, you, like, okay, we're safe. We're good. Um, 
I feel like I would like link up with him because he's got like I remember he's been trying to get me to shoot this crossbow. The closest thing I've ever been to like yeah I'll go hunting with you is it's called a uh, city no. It's like equivalent to like city hunting or urban hunting where you can take a crossbow. It has to be like the population of deer has to be like overpopulated, but they will let you go into the city and fucking hunt deer. It's crazy. Uh, I've almost been convinced to do that, but I don't know that I could actually like, I would hate to think that it would like not die. And then I got to go in. With like uh, Jim more. Carrey and me, myself and Irene yes. with the cow, just yes. like nine shots. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. If anything pops off, I think there's a quote that says, uh, turn to the poor people. Poor people are going to run the cities, and then the hunters and the rednecks and the backwoods people, they're going to run the out there. So you got you to gotta get cool with one of those groups. Yeah, I can, I mean, I could probably morph into almost anything. I've been training. <laughs> they're gonna, <laughs> and they're going to need entertainment. So Right, maybe. that's what I try to tell people. I'm like, I can be the jester. And be okay. Like, yes. I would, you know, I, I'll fucking, I will recite Bible verses for all I give a shit. Just please protect me, you know? Like, now back in the day, if you bombed, that was off with your head. Right, but kill me, please. I don't want to live. Yeah. And there's like, there's no electricity. I haven't taken a shower in four fucking weeks. Help. This dude has 80 pounds of weed, but he doesn't have, uh, Tylenol. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm like, you know what we gonna do? We're gonna run in there on Justin. He's got eight <laughs> pounds of weed. He's selling he's selling grams for four hundred dollars. Four <laughs> gallons of water. Four <laughs> gallons of water. What do you have a bacterial infection? Mm-hmm. Here's a joint. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like also one of the things when like uh, like floods and stuff happen, stuff start breaking down. People don't think about that. So like even like Clorox wipes, yeah. uh, it's crazy. Like I, it scares me to think about it. One of uh, the bartenders bef- right before the meeting yesterday and everyone's coming in, they were talking about the apocalypse and they were like, how long do you think it's how far off is it? And they're talking like 300 years. I was like, that shit is so much closer <laughs> than 300 years. If the earth makes it, you yeah, know, like we're here. Yeah. We're on the cusp. Yeah. Uh, one thing you said about not being able to take a shower, like, that's how I know I could never get tortured and keep America's secrets. Because after yeah, one day, yes, I was like, yes, where's the shower at? Right. Try- me- <laughs> I want to be strong. I yeah. want to. But, like, once you get fucking there and, like, shit gets real, yeah. it's hard to know how people actually are going to react. Oh, shower for me. After, like, yeah. a day, once I smell myself, I'm like, what do you need to know about America? Mm-hmm, he live over here. <laughs> Give me that bar of soap. One 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 time without toilet paper, <laughs> right? Toilet TP is going to be currency. Yeah. Oh, hey, whatever is currency in prison is probably going to be currency. That's not bad. So right. ramen noodles. Yeah. Because that yeah. shit does Peanut it no better. Hell yeah. Protein. Uh, let's talk about some of the mistakes you've made along the way. Oh boy. Um, do you have a, a mistake that at the time you thought was a big deal and you can laugh at now? Or at least not feel so bad about? Uh, probably getting expelled, like getting arrested, that whole thing. Uh, it sucked. Is that what you asked me? Like, do I think it's so I can laugh at it now? Yeah, you can laugh yeah. at it now. Or you're okay with it. Some I'm okay with laugh. it. Yeah, I can, I can laugh at it now. I couldn't laugh before. I didn't even really want to talk about it. It was this huge like, oh my gosh, I don't want anybody to know this about me. Um, but now it's laughable. Now that like everything's coming around, but for a long time... It fucking bothered me. Like it, it. 
I almost, <laughs> this is stupid, but I almost was like forced into working at the club because with, it was like a sponge, but like there was like a thing. I couldn't even get a fucking hosting job at like Olive Garden or like Bahama Breeze where I've met people who have worked at these places <laughs> like later and been like, what? Like, I just remember the whole night being like, a bad dream. Like, and sometimes I think about it and I laugh because I'm like, is this really happening? Like I, there was like a lady when I got arrested, she was in there for stabbing her boyfriend like a few times and her bail was cheaper than mine. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Where you're like, what? Like, I remember my mom and them, cause it was like something stupid, like a, like a, like a quarter million dollars or something. Yeah. yeah. And it, they were like, what the fuck did she do? And, like, even when I would go talk to, like, lawyers and, like, my grandparents afterwards, uh, they were like, what the fuck did you have? And I was like, weed? And they're like, oh, you're fine. Like, and it was, like, the most – it was, like, being shit on by a bird yeah. where people are like, that's good luck. And you're like, no. No, I just got fucking shit on. Like, this is bird's feces. And so I can laugh about it now. It's, like, a very funny story. But when it was happening and, like, my roommate – and just all of it, like, I don't even talk to him anymore because he broke down quickly because he had got, like, just gotten out of being in trouble for, like, a weed thing. And it was, like, he just got, like, earlier in the day. And then, like, oh, this shit. happened. <laughs> yeah. So he was just, like, they were, like, I'll call another police. And he was, like, we got it from the guy down the street. street. Like, he fucking. Oh, oh. And yeah. Like, he, like, real Tekashi quick. Over yeah, here. yeah. Like, real quick. And R. I was Kelly just, like. Yeah, I was like, yo, I'm not going out like that. But, like, I also am not that bitch. Like, that was not a situation for me to be in. Like, they were like, I remember they were like, uh, are you feeling suicidal or homicidal? And I was like, do I get a better room? Like, yeah. you know, like, uh, just, yeah. And I'll, so it was just, I can laugh about that shit now. But, like, at the time, it was, like, April Fool's Day. And so, like, no one actually believed. Like, I used to do April Fool's Day pranks up until, like, that day. Like, I stopped doing that shit immediately just in case some shit pops off ever. Oh, you let them uh, steal your childhood. Hell, yeah. I don't <laughs> fucking do, fuck April Fool's Day. I don't do that shit no more. That's wrong. People need to stop doing that. So did you have an empire? Like, no, I was actually my I was saving up money um, to buy a new Jeep because my mom had bought the car that I was using, um, like when I was in high school, and she would use it as like a leverage thing. And so anytime she wanted to have something go her way, and I didn't agree, like she'd immediately be like, "You can't have the car." And so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just raise money by my own car." And my granddad, uh, as he had already offered to match whatever I saved. And so that's honestly how I got into that situation. I was like trying to cut corners. You were hustling for independence. Exactly. Exactly. And you said earlier that you, uh, you didn't really have a, that much of a history with it. You just were like, Hey, this is a good idea. I, well, I would smoke. Like I smoked a lot, you know, like I, I enjoy smoking. I was always responsible about it. Um, you know, or as much as you could be responsible being like a teenager, uh, but, like, never sold it. I had friends who did, but it never seemed like it wasn't like, oh, we shooting motherfuckers for <laughs> fucking weed. Um, it was never anything like that. I didn't think of it as being, like, so, like, like criminal or whatever. But you also, as a teenager, you're not thinking about, like, where this is coming from, where, like, someone's being decapitated in another country. You know, you don't think about those things. So... For me, it was very removed from that and more or less being like, I mean, it could have been f- fucking hair grease or anything if I just had like a mass amount of it. I just happened to know 
where to get a bunch of weed for really cheap, and I was in college, and everyone's smoking. I just also got, like, it was stupid. <laughs> laughing about it. <laughs> oh, my God. That shit, I, man, chick, I'm sorry, lady, uh, weed dealers were always so hot to me. Because it was like that, it was like the, the, the naughty version of, like, the independent, powerful businesswoman. Hilarious, yes. Yeah, I, and we love to watch weeds. But it was also terrifying because everyone, like, wants to rob you. And yeah. so you have to have this air about you and also, like, some goons that, like, people know that you kind of hang out with so that uh, they think twice before doing something like that. a tough boyfriend. Right, right. Yeah. Or a crazy boyfriend. He doesn't right. have to be tough. He's going to be like, he wants to murder because it's <laughs> yeah. Tuesday. Don't even look at me wrong. Yeah. Uh, crazy trumps everything is what mm-hmm. I learned. This dude named Christian in my college was crazy. He sold drugs and was he on the wrestling team? Uh, he was actually. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. He was. Uh, he's a good dude now. But I remember when there was like a. <laughs> did, I miss a did I miss a punch? Hilarious. Uh, but no, I remember when he got into a fight once and he brought out a helmet and we, and he started beating the dude with the helmet and we're like, that dude is crazy. Mm-hmm. And no one messes him ever since. Mm-hmm. I feel like you just got to do that one crazy thing. You and have no to one... show you're crazy at least like one time. And people are just like, uh, you know, I'm good on all I'm that. good. Did you show you're crazy? Um, I don't know that I've had like a legit, like I'm crazy moment. I'm saving that. Like okay. I study the great. So like snapped, um, <laughs> 2020. Um, I haven't had that crazy moment. I, I I think it's I'm reserving it for like maybe my first husband or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Lorena Bobbitt throwback Thursday. Yeah, I feel like if no, nah, I'm not even because I don't want some shit to come like back where it's just like I was just kidding on that podcast. Yeah. I wasn't actually gonna kidnap him or be like Gone Girl or whatever the fuck or Girl Gone. I still have to see that. But uh, so you were how long did you like maintain this? Um, did you get the jeep? No, I got arrested, and they used the money that I'd been saving to bail me out. So got no Jeep and got kicked out of school and then had to use uh, some of the money to pay for my drug and alcohol classes and also get a job and also pay for community college and just it was a tough pill to swallow at the time. And also, like, embarrassed as fuck about it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a that's a lump, right? Because like it's kind of what fits into this podcast. That even though it was uh, an illegal thing, you had a goal, and yeah. then you got arrested. It was a yeah. major setback. <laughs> so um, you had to you had to dust yourself off. Right? Yeah, I picked myself back up after watching a hundred episodes of Sex in the City. Um, that's what I did. I remember being like, "Man, I can't do anything." Like all I wanted to do was like smoke pot and do nothing, and I just didn't do that because I was on probation. Um, I had to pee in cups. And, but I watched every episode of Sex in the City uh, because HBO Now was a thing or like on demand. I remember mm-hmm. that being like a thing. And so I moved back in with my parents and just like it was just like real shitty for like eight months or something like that, eight or nine months. Samantha was bae for a while. Samantha's hot. Samantha's a hot fucking, she's like a cougar, I guess. I, you know what? I bet... In those, like, now that I think about it, because it's been so long, they're probably around, or they were trying to be, like, my age now. Like, they're, were they in their mid-30s or, like, I, early I 30s? So. Like, 
Yeah, but they seem so much older for some reason. I don't know if that's just like being in New York or just like it's a fucking TV show. Was right uh, Samantha the one with the really short hair? The older blonde one? Oh, okay. Is that? No. Yeah, yeah. Sam, Sam was Sam? the one that yeah. had like, yeah. Like, like I'm, yeah. I'm fucking everyone. Yeah. I like the one with the pixie I did not cut. realize that was her, what was her character for. I was like, oh, like now that I'm older, I'm like, oh, she was to progress the thought like women can do. Yes. But I they did not realize They could take Viagra and shit. Yeah. I did not realize. I was like, oh, she just likes to have a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's like, it's it's weird what you realize in hindsight. Like, it's so weird. I'm having that moment now. I think I'm like forcing a crisis of like reflection upon myself because I have a birthday coming up uh, in like a month. And I get like this around my birthday all the time. But I'm just like, oh, remember like when we were when we were in middle school? And, like, just driving around, like, Raleigh will do that because it's changed so much. And, like, my friends, like, I have, like, my best friend who were like, we're never getting married and having kids. Well, this bitch broke the pack because she's having a baby. <laughs> and now I'm just, like, out here just real willing to, like, all of my friends have, like, they've bought houses. They're With married. The they're, like, popping yeah. out their second and third kid. Even my little brothers. Like, my brothers, I'm the oldest, have fucking kids. And it's, like... It's blowing my fucking mind. And I'm like, did I, like, was I supposed to do something? Like, people are like, hey, your womb, your womb, like, you know that you increase, like, the, the statistics they're throwing at your girl doesn't make me want to have kids anymore. They're just like, you're increasing the probability of your kid being autistic. And I'm like, fuck, you know? Hey, your kid might be really good at, uh, uh, word jokes. Well, also, oh, like, counting. I love that shit. Right. So. But congratulations next month on the big 3-0. Oh, adorable. I wish it was going to be the big 3-0. I am going to be the big 3-5. And, yeah. That's, that's where Yeah. That's where it's cool where you're an actor because it's like, eh, I'm not really going to be 3-5. I'm mostly going to be like, I can portray 27 to 33. Like, that's how old I am. I was just told that I should start going out for, like, fucking 16-year-old roles. Yeah. You actually. I don't see it. Um, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing that when you're like watching TV, you, because we buy into people who are older being younger, you know, like, Oh, it's like they, over the years, they've like brainwashed us conditioned us to do that. That's why like when you're watching something and it's high schoolers, these people are like in their mid to late, like twenties, thirties and it's okay. But like you have to have, and that's what I'm having an issue with now. Like people, they say that in LA anyways, that after the age of 22, you're just a young mom. And I actually didn't start doing the young mom stuff until I was like in my thirties, which is a weird mind fuck. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be anyone's mom. Not even for <laughs> pretend unless you pay me. And that's the only time I'll ever do it. <laughs> I do a lot for money. I would. I think we all like you. We all got a bar somewhere. Hey, how how high or low is your bar? It depends. Like, uh, I'll see if that if we could edit the video, I'd make a joke right now. See, hilarious. I'm being censored on the podcast. <laughs> Why? What'd you do? You got in trouble? No, I'm just. We're just trying to prevent. We're we're we are t- always talking. Like, is this going to come back to bite us in ten? Oh, years? hilarious! So this is your security. Where it's like <laughs> she. Oh, I got you taking something out of context. I'm like. I have, like, a weird, like, my bar, it depends 100%. Like, there's, like, a money number, but there's also, like, someone could offer you the opportunity of boom, 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 whatever this is. And so whatever, like, I'm not going to fucking, like, I will eat some gross shit. But, like, I don't want to do something that's going to, like, fuck me up in the head 
to get this thing that I wanted because that would just like ruin the thing. So I think the bar for me is like, I will risk being scared out of my mind for someone's entertainment purposes. As long as like, I'm not going to be triggered by it later in life. Uh Um, And I also don't want to be part of like anyone's like case study from it or like be, have to like swear or take oath (laughs) for anything. Um, I guess once I talk about, I'm like, I guess I don't have a bar. I might be kind of bougie. I'm like, fuck you and your bar. Um, I'd rather get it myself, I guess. But if I had to, I'm like, we would have to turn the fucking camera and the audio off because let's be completely (laughs) honest. Like someone's like, here are all your dreams and like whatever. The bar might not be as high as I I know. I might stab somebody. I don't know. Talk about stabbing people. I'll fucking stab both of y'all right now. Like, what are we offering? I thought we were going like some dark jigsaw shit. I already already told Andrew let. Some lady offered me something on a casting couch. I'd be like, what do you need Hilarious. Done? That's so funny. I was, like, writing something the other day about casting couches because I'm like, God, back in the day, it used to be so easy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's like, now we actually got to fucking study these monologues and fucking, yeah, no, but that is really funny where it's just like, cast it, like, that's it? That's all I got to do? Like, I've been doing that shit for free with my boy. Like, you know, like, oh, man. Uh, yeah, uh, my friend, she's a sugar mama. No, no, she's not the sugar. She gets sugar daddies. And we were talking to her about it. And uh, She's a sugar baby. Yeah, she's a sugar baby. That's yeah. what you call it. And we were talking to her about it. She's like, do you know how many dicks I suck for free? And right? No, for real, though. Like, that's like, if you think about it like that, if we're thinking about sucking dicks as a business. Yeah. Okay? And we're thinking about how we're giving the product away for free. Why not get a little something back? You know, I was telling Tori on the way back to Chapel Hill last night. Uh, we were joking about that because someone last night had the bid about sucking dick for three hundred dollars, and I was like, uh, "Sucking dick to be on shows? If more chicks did that, there would be shows popping up at Taco Bell. Be shows. Hilarious! Like, I'm running a mic down at Wendy's. Like, <laughs> we just fucking standing on the corner here on the intersection of Franklin and Robin. Yeah, like that's that's so funny, and it's true though. Like. There's a, like, I used to, this is so, I was, like, in that same, like, thought process, thought process when I was in college. People would joke, they'd be like, Brady, you're dating that guy. Like, he's, like, a drug dealer. And I'm like, y- you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're fucking right. Like, I'm not going to suck some dude's dick for weed, just some, just any dude, but this is my boyfriend. Right. You know, like. <laughs> Look, different people bring different things to relationships. Exactly. I'm happy. I'm waiting for my cougar. She's right. coming. You, right. If you fucking think she's coming, she's coming. I'm speaking it into existence. She's coming with someone else currently, but with you in the future, yeah. she's yeah. coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll be okay with it. I'll be a little man slave on the... I feel like this is what you really want. There's something I, no, that yeah. like really lit up in you. What's the age group? Like, what is... What's cougar for you? How old are you? I am 30. Okay. Um, 50 to 60. You, okay. Which, there's some 50, 60-year-old women out here who are fucking hot, like Angela Bassett's and, uh... I like Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt? Who was, who's Keanu Reeves? Or he, like, stepped out with some chicks, some silver-haired chick? She looks good. I'm like, and they are fucking out here taking care of motherfuckers. Like, I mean, it ain't tricking if you got it. Hey, there you go. That's so funny (laughs) to me. Uh, what other mistakes have you made along the way? Because you got to the place where you're... 
you know, the general manager, you're respected in the comedy community, you're doing film, and you're producing now, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, congrats on that, uh, producing In the Pines. Um, what are some of the mistakes you've made along the way doing all that? Mm. Um, one of the things that actually I talked to my acting teacher about, uh, I have to, I still have to do a testimonial for her. Uh, there's like seven years ago when she, seven to eight years ago when she came back to Durham, uh, I like, you know how like you get knocked down, you have to, so that you learn there's like no ego. And at the time, like I was like, I would be lying to say I wasn't feeling myself. Like I'm like getting these like credits. I'm like SAG eligible. I'm like booking shit. Um, and I remember the first day in her class and like, she shut me up real quick. Um, and everything that she said, I didn't do like, she would be like, you have to save money. You actually have to work harder than everyone else. I'm like, nah, like you don't have to do that. She's like people, she's like not talking badly. Cause there are, there is the certain type of actor who they do it based on their looks. They'll do some commercial stuff. And then it kind of, you start learning from there. And at the time I wasn't training. I was doing workshops with like, like me, for instance, I've got some credits or whatever. Someone could probably sell a workshop that people would come listen to me talk about how I got to this point. And she was saying that you don't want to do shit like that. Um, and so up until that point, those were the classes I was taking. And I'm in her class and it's hard and I don't like hard. And you're like, I want it now. I don't want to do all this shit. I want it now. And what I learned is that I wish I would have just done it the way she told me to do it the first time like instead of you know like I could have paid 250 or 500 dollars more on my headshots but I'm trying to save money so I go with the photographer that's 200 not saying you can't get a great picture it's just your money you are paying for something and you know I didn't finish my acting classes like I quit I came back but I quit um off and on and she makes you start from the beginning and I remember being like this is so fucked but now after I've graduated and like, I'm like, oh, she's been right. Like I've lived all of these different things of like, you spent, you like, you can spend $300 three times on headshots and you're not going to get a good one when you should have just spent 900 bucks the first time. Um, should have studied the first time, saved your money, got your SAG card moved. And so there was a lot of mistakes that I made along the way where I tried to cut corners and I wish that I didn't, I could have been, like, and, and it's fine now. Like, you have to be okay with, like, where you are. Um, but I wish that I would have listened more, especially to, uh, at least in her situation, like, she had done, and now she does teach. She's lived this where it's changed and it's morphed so many times, and I wish I would have listened the first time. So my biggest mistake is that, like, I could be a little stubborn, a little hard-headed. Keeping in mind uh, the concept of humility throughout, I was thinking while you were talking about, like, Kobe, always taking the last shot. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's a sense of pride and confidence to be able to pull up in the playoffs when everything's on the line and make that last shot. But it's also he was humble enough to know that he can take that shot because he invested the four hours before the game working on that shot. Right. right? Um, and making investments and r recognizing that uh, you have to put stuff into something in order to in order to be able to be proud and have mm -hmm. that sense of pride, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just take take confidence. No, it is definitely, and I've tried to cut corners even just with like self-confidence growing up where like you, you can't and you can try to fake it. And I think that's like one of the sad things that I see now is that 
I feel like to a certain extent you can fake it until you make it. But if you just go ahead and do the work initially, you don't have to fake so much, you know? And like, and that shit manifests into some dark shit later if you like don't. It turns and you like. You said something last night. I think it was just a passing line, but I always perk up when I hear about it. But uh, it was like, yeah, you may get an opportunity, but it is, it is going to scare you. Mm-hmm. It's like people don't. People can pontificate and talk about it all day. Be like, man, I want to open up for so-and-so. John Doerr is coming to Good Nights. I can't wait for that show. He's so good. Um, Da-da-da. And then you get handed the opportunity, and you're like, oh, shit, now I have this responsibility. Are you ready? Are you ready? Like, are you really ready? Because that's what people don't realize is that, especially if you're asking, you have to remember that when you ask for things, a lot of the time it's given, and are you ready? Because you could fuck up, like your bookings and like whatever from someone giving you something that you want and you're not ready for. I've done it before. Like I've gotten like, I got a, (laughs) I'm not going to tell the name of the film, but I was working on it for like eight or nine days and I didn't quite, I was all over the place with like my process of like how I get into character and like, it's so much stronger now, but then it wasn't. And I got on set and the director is just like, we did this scene. And regardless of, like, who I was playing opposite with was, like, on some fuck shit, whatever. Um, we cut the scene. He didn't think that we were vibing with each other. Um, and I was just like, he was like, let's talk about your process. And I was so, like, there's, like, so many things that are thrown at you. And I should have known more, like, where I am like at the, at the point. But he was like, finally, like, let's pray together type of thing. And it was very much like... I literally don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about. And it just became one of these things where, like, I'd spent all this time getting to this point, but sometimes it's not what you expect. Like, everything that I knew it would be like, oh, you're on a SAG film set. You're, like, with big actors. And, like, I wasn't fully ready, but I end up in that situation. Anyways, after that eight or nine days, I questioned very strongly, like, if I even wanted to be an actor, if I even wanted to be in that situation anymore and took a break for like a, probably a good year from just auditions. And like, I was taking classes and then I stopped that. Cause I was like, I don't know if this is what I even want to do. And then I, but I did way more comedy. And so that's always been a thing that I do have to like, when I think when you're a creative person, you're always going to find some way to, um, focus that creative energy. And so I've been lucky to have like stand up and, and acting, and when I'm not doing either of those, I might drink too much caffeine or too many drinks, and I think I'm a rapper. And so, you know, there's freestyling that happens. Oh, uh, what did you say your stage name was again? I'm Raggedy, currently Raggedy. <laughs> Shout <laughs> out. Yeah. We're going to keep an eye out for you on Spotify. Bow, bow. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the greatest thing, people stray away from it, but like having someone that will be honest with you, right? So you're the person that they can come up to you and be like, hey, do I really have five minutes? And you look them in the face and be like, no. Right. And you don't mean it. Mean mm-hmm. is it's just you're telling them the truth. Uh, but in our society, we tend to hang out with our yes men, the people mm-hmm. that hype us up. Mm-hmm. Soft environments. Right. And they're the first people to leave you uh, when shit gets real. How do you get to the point where you're like, how do you, if, if a comedian was hearing you, how would you tell them to take your no? Or like you're not ready. I would tell them that, I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, they have to realize that I'm not saying it to hurt them. 
I'm saying it so that if five minutes of decent time is what they want and they want to do stand-up, do the work now. Uh, and and for me, especially because people will come and, like, I have to watch a lot of those shows, I'm not going to book someone that I don't want to watch myself because I'm in the showroom. Um, and y- to a certain extent, like, my no is going to be equivalent to that bit bombing where now are you taking them not laughing personally and sometimes people do and you should but what should happen from that is that you go back and you rework whatever it is until it works um and so when people take my nose personally it's like ah fuck yourself you get over it you know like (laughs) (laughs) like yeah you'll realize one day maybe not today or tomorrow or next week or a year from now but you'll realize what i was actually doing it wasn't evil intent Maybe they know more than the crowd. Like, no one laughs at their joke, but it's because it's, yeah. they don't get you. It's us. No one gets you. No one in the whole fucking world gets what you're trying to say. It's all us. And you're that's, not delusional at all. And that's a, applicable to whatever you're trying to do, whether you're trying to start a startup business or anything like that. Knows, learning how to take rejection is so vital to every aspect mm-hmm. of life. You have to fail up. Like, yeah. you have to fail. There's, I hate it for the individual who doesn't fail at something because you don't learn. It's like you learn so much more, I think, about just life and yourself or something you're doing by failing and figuring it out. And hopefully you don't continue to make the same mistakes because then that just becomes insanity. So Yeah. <laughs> Your pet peeve is overconfident comedians? One I read of them, that in an article. Yeah, one of those overconfident where, like, it's like the weirdest mind fuck to watch someone up there confidently bombing. It's one thing that it's it's different. And when you see it, you'll know what it is. There's someone who's bombing and they're taking it well. And there's someone who's bombing. And I don't think that they know that they're bombing. And they're just like, there's been a little silence. So I'm going to tell you this next day. <laughs> and, and Or they're just up there and they like, it's like you're... You're using internet jokes. And sometimes they're memes. People are just up there confidently delivering memes. And you're like, fuck you. Like, anyone who's ever created any original content should be offended. You know, like, and so that's one of those things where people who just, like, they're not ready, but, like, they just fucking walk into my office, not even knocking on the door, when, like, if I'm in the office, I'm probably busy, you know, and just, when are you going to book me on something? Not anytime soon because I don't want to see you, and right now is not the time. Like well, what they're trying to do is bullshit you. Right, and you can't, like, maybe when I was younger, you could, but, like, I, I, I no, there's not, there's not a lot of room to bullshit. And, like, when you watch it enough, like, you know after watching someone, like, five, ten times, you know, and two to three or four of those times they could have bombed, but you know there's a majority of the time where it works. And you know that they figure it out. And you could hear how they've, like, switched stuff and they're working. There are some people who don't do the work. They're doing the same fucking, like, five, eight-minute sets that they've been doing. They haven't put any work into it. And I guess they're just hoping because if you wait long enough, times will change. And maybe, just maybe, your jokes will work, you know? Because, like, thick bitches are in, and we didn't know that was going to happen eight <laughs> to 12 years ago. So maybe, just maybe. Um, but, yeah, it drives me fucking crazy because they just, like, have all the answers. And so I'm like, why bother talking to me or asking me anything if you know what you're talking about, go do that. I've been doing this job almost, what, what five, six years it's, now? Yeah, I've been GM for like five years. Yeah. And the people who know 
whatever you're talking about, people can who are in the know know when it's a fake con- confidence, mm-hmm. when it's a bullshit delivery. Of, the audience knows. Like, they're your yeah. first, like, and they don't know you or care. Like, they, ooh. I love the people that laugh when shit's going bad. Like, I have a, uh, I have a security guard at the club, and his laugh is, like, very distinguishable. And sometimes he's the only one laughing, and it's not a good thing. Like, that he's, <laughs> like, it's the funniest thing in the world. Like, sometimes I have to go over and be like, hey, do you mind, like... <laughs> I know that it's going like I to the point where like sometimes I don't book him on like open mic night because it's just like it's hurtful like it's it's hurtful oh, at best. So you're telling me you never found a joke funny because I, sometimes I'll find a joke funny because I'm like I can't believe that you thought that was. Oh funny. no, I do that all the time. Like I'm not saying that sometimes I'm not like if you hear me snicker. Or I've ugly laughed, and I'm the only person doing that. I'm not laughing with you. Like, that is a <laughs> laugh at you all the way. Uh, sometimes I have, like, a thing where, like, like I used to do this with Sam a bunch where, like, because me and Sam would, like, write together. Uh, Sam is, like, one of my best friends. And he would be like, I'm going to go try this bit. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to work. They're going <laughs> to fucking hate you. It's going to be terrible. And he'd be like, nah, you know what I'm talking about? Nah. And, like, he would go up and do it, and it would just eat a dog dick and, like, just me, evil laughter. But, like, also not the only one. Like, Mark does it a lot. Me and Mark fucking giggle and, like, text across, like, the showroom, like, those are, fairly often. Those are for us, though. Like, right. those are for you. Right. Oh, right. yeah. Like, yeah. but I also don't want to be, I try, you know, I try to pick and choose because there's some shit where I'm just like, oh, this is going to scar them forever. Like, I don't want to <laughs> add to it, you know? Yeah. like. When they start thinking about like that moment when they are alone, like being angry, I don't want my face to pop up in like th- the shit. So, uh, one thing, and I'm giving uh, I'm giving good nights a shout out that y'all do is I don't know, do y'all still do the cl- the stand up classes? Uh huh. We do. Uh, that's where I started, and it it helped with all aspects of comedy because you're sitting there writing with other people. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, if you're thinking about doing stand up. I've audited the classes. I used to be, uh, when Rev was here, um, I she would send me in to, you know, watch what was going on. And so I would, it forced me to actively do it. Like, I already knew how to write, um, but it did force me to start structuring my material in a way where, like, okay, I'm going to perform it. Like, and she's, like, really huge into, you know, pushing me into taking, doing stand-up and taking it seriously. Uh, which is funny from her because this bitch does not encourage anybody to do it. She, if anything, she encourages people to quit. <laughs> um, but yeah, we still do it, and we do like writers block. And I think that a lot of the veteran comics that are still around are usually pretty open about talking to people um, who are at different levels under them. Which I hear that in a lot of places is not like that. But helium good nights is you know bananas. Uh, we're pretty good about it. Like we believe in the farming system um, because. Sometimes people do go off and they do big things. And then, like, why would you not want them to come back and be like, oh, like, there's this great, like, chain of clubs. Um, so we try to give back. If I ever make it, I'm sending somebody a check for $10,000. Yo, I'm right here. <laughs> you don't even have, I'm right here. No, you'll be nice. and like, I, I don't accept it. I was just doing it out of the goodness out of, of my heart. Yeah. I'm getting this $10,000. <laughs> I like the idea of that. I've been trying to manifest $10,000 for I don't know how fucking long. It's an arbitrary number, but man, it would feel good. I want like, what is that number? I like sometimes I play with like 20. 
I'm like, 20 would be nice. I've like gone to get some like readings where they're like, ooh, $20,000 is going to come to you. But I'm like, bitch, when? <laughs> when is it coming? It's tough because I've seen $10,000 go real quick. Real quick. And it's like, I don't know. Well, are you asking what number to find success? Oh, that's a, that's, and I will go for that. I'm interested in knowing because I have like a number that I read in a magazine. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, well, I'm $80,000 in debt. Mm. So I'm starting at 80 in the red. So I'm thinking 500,000. Okay. Because that would, that would buy my dad a house, okay. buy my sister a house. Not, not buy them houses, but be able to pay their rent. Right. We're always going to be renters. That would be successful. If I could successfully pay my family's bills. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm not that sweet. I was thinking, I I read that $75,000 a year buys happiness. However, I don't know if that's before or after taxes. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking $3 million, so that can sit in the bank and I can just live off the interest. That's what, and yeah, that's how, yep. you, that's how you do it. My The old owner of the club... Essentially, yeah, like that's the one thing he was like, you got to be able to put money in there so that you can live off of your interest. And so I would do that. It does come out to be uh, like fifty to eighty thousand dollars a year, which that seventy five thousand is in there. So if like your interest equals seventy five thousand dollars a year, fallen. Seventy five is the minimum. I think five hundred a year is easily attainable if you get a year. Damn, you got I'm wild. Two million. Followers on TikTok, you got ad revenue coming in through there. You got ad revenue coming in through you. Like these streamers are making so much money. How are they streaming? What are they streaming? I don't know. I'm not like I can't play fucking video games. I can't play. It's commentary. It is engaging in your community. It's like. Can I do? It's a whole a show about Brad Pitt. Yes, the stalking. You of absolutely. No, we got. We can't call it the stalking of Brad. Oh, that's pretty good. The stalking of Brad Pitt. <laughs> well, I'm not Ooh. even joking. You could get away with uh, that. Yeah, people would. People would follow it. Like, I feel like it's okay for you to say you're stalking a celebrity than for me to say I'm stalking a female celebrity. Like it. That's fair. I'm not trying to get canceled. Is this camera on? <laughs> like, I need protection too. I do. I think I would love to do something uh, that involves Brad Pitt. Like. If <laughs> this guy sounds fucking nuts, I'm like besides comedy and like managing a comedy club and acting, the next thing I know a lot about is dieting, followed by Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I might need to do what I know, do what I love. So we're about to put you on the hot seat. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, we we do this thing called the motivational speech. Oh shit! Okay. And uh, we have our guests give a motivational speech to our little mistakers. Uh, about what? Uh, whatever you think they need to hear. Uh, mm. Maybe they're in seventh grade and you're you just walked out to give a TED talk. However, fuck on. Um, um, well, you shouldn't say that. Like they're seventh grade. Oh, they know the word fuck. <laughs> they, they know, know. the word fuck. A PH. Who was last night? The dude from New York. These kids are eating ass. <laughs> oh my God, Andy. Andy. So what was his funny. name? Haynes. Andy Haynes. Yeah. Right. That shit's hilarious. It's true. They're that out there. That's a great premise. Yeah, he was. That shit. Like that mic last night was so good. Like it has not. I haven't watched a mic where it was like I was worried that there were like a lot of comics on it. It was so good. I'm actually glad that uh, I I stayed and I watched. I think everyone was fired up after that. Yeah. 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 Motivational speech. 
So um, I speak to all of you like I would speak to 18-year-old me, uh, which if you've been listening, you know that that was, uh, I'm not good at math, 18 years ago? <laughs> Is that makes me 36? What's 18 plus 18? Um, 17 years ago, three years less than a score, I would have been 18 like much of you are, or maybe you're my age now. Anyways, I would say don't grow that weed if you're thinking, actually do grow that weed if it's legal where you are. Um, and keep do good bookkeeping and surround yourself with people that uh, you are the sum of the six to seven individuals you spend the most time with. So like, and that shit is true. It is so true. I think about that all the time, which is why I be dropping people like bad habits. Anyways, but do whatever you're going to do that works for you. Because you might want to be this great sum of something, or you might want to be a piece of shit. But just remember, it's the sum of the people that you surround yourself with. And if you just do that, I feel like those people will give you the type of advice for whatever the goals are that you want. Be mindful of your Judas because there, there is a Judas out there like that shit. I'm not saying that you have to be a Christian to believe that. I'm just saying that that is a character, an archetype that pops up. Um, and sometimes you never know why people want don't want your dreams to happen for you. Sometimes it could be as small as they want to be able to do whatever it is that you're doing and there's something in them that can't, so they'd rather bring you down. And they show up in the form of friends, family members, uh, mentors. Be mindful of that. I would say that if you really want to do something and you you can't think of anything else I'd rather that be something in entertainment or like I, I don't want to say like love or relationship because that gets kind of weird I watch a lot of lifetime um but like if there's something that you actually want to do and you just because you don't know the steps to take in between getting to whatever that goal is doesn't mean that it's not real it, it very much could be real to you and just follow your heart and I tell people that if it feels right and it makes you feel good a majority of the time, unless there's something a little bit off with you and you're not on your meds, you're right. You're headed in the right direction. And I would say, keep going with that. That little voice, that little voice that told me at 20, don't open the door. The cops are there. I didn't listen to her. You know what I'm saying? And like that voice has popped up so many times and it's taken me this long to listen to it. Sometimes that voice tells you when you're just like sitting at home, like go to the open mic. You don't know why you're going to the open mic. You don't know why you're doing this joke that maybe you shouldn't do. Like do it, listen to yourself, listen to yourself and be honest with yourself. Um, I wish I would have done more of that. I used to listen and let take too much, put too much weight on what people would tell me or how I looked and not looking stupid and fuck all that shit. Like, do what makes you happy, follow your bliss, follow your heart, uh, stay focused on whatever that goal is, and don't worry about the bullshit in between. Respect. Damn. Respect. Oh, man, that was good. Um, like what you said about the open mic thing, I uh, personally, for a while, I had trouble getting on stage because I would be like, what if I fuck this up and can't do comedy anymore? And it was like... I had to just start listening to that little voice. Mm -hmm. And there, and that little voice can sometimes, you have to get it into perspective because sometimes, I hate to scare people, there's more than one voice. And you, you just have to differentiate and know that there's one that, sometimes people's, that voice that tells you to do that fuck shit sometimes is stronger than the other one. But I also say, follow your bliss. Do whatever makes you feel good. Because I don't truly believe that there are, that people do things to be evil or do things to be good. I think that 
It's the intention behind it. That's why they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Um, so, you know, be smart about it. Follow the law, but, like, also follow your bliss. What do you want to leave the people with? I'm going to leave the people with raggedy. I got something I've been trying <laughs> to say. I'm dropping a mixtape, and I want y'all to buy it, so I brought a little... I'm just kidding. Um, I don't you really have anything. I would... You guys, I... It's like three things. Brad Pitt something, a cooking show, and a mixtape. Like, I would love nothing more. I watch Rhythm and Flow. Do you guys know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Holy shit. Like, it blew my fucking mind. Love D-Smoke. Shout out to D-Smoke. D-Smoke, if you're listening to this, I love you. I would literally, I just mentally showed you my tits. Um, <laughs> love him. Love that whole show. Love that whole concept. I go back and watch it. Like, I wish. Like, I, I wish that I could do something like that. Yeah. We, HS2, our little group, we want to drop a mixtape before it's all said and done with. Doesn't matter if anybody listens to it. Oh my god! Can I please drop like a verse or some bars? Like I was just gonna say. Uh, first, I had to erase the mental image of Brandy's tits. Ow. But um, <laughs> I'm 35. They're very. I can help you out. I'm I'm like not fucking kidding. You Neither guys like I. I'm, I'm helping yeah. Will with a Christmas thingy. I'm gonna <laughs> Christmas thingy. I'm gonna put together some Christmas music for him. I'm gonna record him. It's very easy for me to curate some beats. And, I'm uh, do not. Make all my dreams come true. I want to be a rapper so bad. Fuck everything else. No, like, I'm, I know that we're done, but, like, seriously, when I was, I became, I decided to become an actor because at a family reunion, they would not let me get on stage to rap. It was my cousin Carlos and Derek, and their dad actually now has a rap label because they, like, used to open for the Ohio players and all types of weird shit. Anyways, not musically inclined. And I was like, I got to do something to stand out from the rest of these motherfuckers. But they did. They would rap. And I remember, like, I remember listening to Snoop's first album. Too young to be doing this. But I had a cousin who let me listen to Tupac and Too Short. And, like, I'm a young girl. And just, I remember, like, I had the the cheesy, like, be yourself. Like, had a chorus and everything. And they never, they did not let me perform. Can we get this, can we get one song done? Can I produce one song for you? Drop a song. All right. I'm okay. into it. And all of the humor mistakes listeners are going to check that out. I yeah. would I would fucking love it. I like so much. More than you'll ever know. We're going to get through the holidays and uh, sometime after, uh, sometime between now and Christmas, I'm going to send you something. Okay. You sit on it and then after the holidays, we're going to get together and we're going to make it happen. I'm, oh, I got fucking, I've been writing for this shit for, I'm ready. I rap very well about food. I rap about things that I know, and I fucking... You're like the Jim Gaffigan of rap? Yeah, pretty much. That's so funny. Yeah. Maybe I can rap recipes. Oh, Ooh, shit. shit. That's, that's a genre that hasn't been taken. I know. We're breaking down walls here. Bitch, we ought to be huge. Did you see that came from the soul? I didn't mean... I mean, that was a term of endearment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bitch. This has been fun, guys. Are you a... Uh, any social media you want to plug? Oh, uh, no. Um, followers are very scary sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think it's Brand Chick is my Instagram. Um, you can follow me on Miss Brand Bro on Twitter. I don't use it. Like, the Illuminati start following me maybe three or four years ago, and I just stopped using Twitter. Like, it was, I don't know. It could be my brother or someone could be catfishing me. Don't use it. But if you want to hit me up there, you should. And just my Facebook. It's Brandy Brown. I'm holding a balloon, a couple balloons. It's Phil. I don't know. <laughs> I was Ooh. just thinking that. Um, Who the fuck is Phil? Yeah. Why? 
Oh my god. Oh my god. Let me find out that is Phil. Is he here? Is he here right now? I don't know if it's Phil. I don't know. Okay. But uh yeah. I feel like he would do that to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like exactly. But um Good Nights website. Uh www.goodnightscomedy.com. Um, you can follow me on my IMDb page. My acting name is Brandy Renee Brown. Yeah, just whatever. Like, if you can't catch a show at Good Nights, catch a show around town. Um, I don't even have to be on it, but hopefully I'm there. We can have, like, a drink or something. Oh, yeah. All right, what do you want to leave the people with? I'm, I'm apologizing because the last couple episodes, I'm taking care of this. I'm going to get everything under one name. But follow me on Instagram at NC. Follow me on Twitter at AGleasonComedy. Follow me on TikTok at AndrewGleasonComedy. Uh, follow humor and mistakes on instagram it's a brand new instagram we're trying to get the follower count up and i paid attention to the marketing book we read and you can follow me on everything at i keep it mcreal uh remember everybody makes mistakes but it's okay learn to find humor in your mistakes and we out thanks brandy thank you